Flat Out Strange from the Other Side of Cinema. I'm Mark Dickerson. And I'm Jeremy Fink. And this is episode 6 of Cult Movie Cult, which is part 1 of a three-part series titled So Bad It's Good, the best of the worst from the depths of cult cinema. And today we are going to explore what may be the most notorious cult film of all time, Plan 9 from Outer Space from 1959. And you can't talk about Plan 9 from Outer Space without talking about the mad scientist behind it all, Ed Wood. The man is legendary in his terrible taste, his bravado, his thriftiness. He made his career making what many consider to be bad or even awful films. However, I would argue that the, you know they all have their merits in a certain kind of way. They all certainly have their charm. Um, at the very least, his movies are entertaining, although possibly not in the way that Ed intended. Um, which can't be said for all bad films. So, there is something to them. I would also argue that his first film, Glenn or Glenda, may even be a work of surrealist genius, a film so odd and personal that it taps into a kind of subliminal state of mind that only the best experimental works can. But we're not here to talk about Glenn or Glenda or any of his other films. We're here to focus on The Mother of Them All, what it was famously called the worst film of all time, and that would be Ed Wood's sci-fi opus, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, Future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? All right, so Plan 9 from Outer Space, directed by Ed Wood, starring Gregory Walcott, Mona McKinnon, Tor Johnson, and the famous Vampyra, follows the story of extraterrestrials who are seeking to stop uh, humanity from creating a doomsday weapon that could destroy the universe. The aliens implement Plan 9, which is a scheme to resurrect Earth's dead, and by causing chaos, the aliens hope that the crisis will force humans to listen to them, and if not, the aliens will destroy mankind with the armies of the undead. A very thrilling and important plot. Um, it actually does uh, go over some interesting territory. And uh, Jeremy, this was actually your first time viewing the film. So I'm interested to get your, your impressions of it. Yeah, so honestly, so obviously this is a film that has been built up for a very long time. You know, you hear about it kind of the moment you get into any cult movies. Everyone says, oh, Plan 9. Plan. It's, at this point yeah. in time, I guess it's Plan 9 and The Room, which we'll be discussing later <laughs> in this series. That's um, coming up, yeah. 
But what was interesting for me is this one, I guess, didn't seem exactly as as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be completely honest. Um, I mean, there were moments, um, there were there were some spots where there was like equipment in shots or some very strange acting or dialogue. Um, but overall, I thought there were actually some pretty interesting, compelling moments. I thought Vampira walking around undead was actually a little bit horrifying. She was just so like unhealthily thin. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll, I'll probably horrified to be in the film, but <laughs> probably, probably. Well, and, and apparently one thing that, that I learned is because Bella Lugosi's name was attached to it, which will hit the Bella Lugosi stuff in a bit, I imagine. Yeah. Um, it was actually a way to get other actors and actresses in the film. Ed Wood used Bella Lugosi's name to, to reel other people in. Um, even so, though he had been dead for a couple of years, he'd been dead for a couple of years. Exactly. Um, which, which is just kind of seems fitting because it, that's kind of the thing I found with this film is it felt like it was almost going in the right direction. Like the ideas were kind of there and then something would just take a weird left turn where like all of a sudden you would get a moment that didn't quite sync up. Yeah. There's, there's always something off about every single scene in this movie. I feel, mm-hmm. um, and although like you say, I, I think you know, it has that reputation of being the worst film of all time. And that's that's hard to live up to, I would say. Um, but there is plenty in it, you know, to, you know, that is, is laughable from the dialogue to the acting, um, to the story itself, you know, the script. Um, also the effects, obviously. I mean, you got to figure at this time, you know, even for the time period, these effects are <laughs> pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and of course, there's a famous uh, UFO I believe it was just a UFO kit that Ed Wood put together yeah. um, that he that he used for those those shots. But um, you know, when the film came out, it was you know it was Ed Wood's opus. But in a way, it was you know it was people didn't really pay attention to it. It kind of went under the radar um, until you know it actually wasn't until around 1980, uh, you know, after the movie had been played on TV a lot, and um, actually when. Uh, a book came out by the authors Harry and Michael Medved, and uh, that's when they dubbed it the worst film ever made, um, and it w- it won Golden Turkey Awards and things like that. And that's when it started to get the notoriety, and you know people started to pay attention to it again. Uh, and that's you know kind of how the legend grew. Yeah, and I, and I feel like that's something that's interesting with with a film like this because we were talking about how you know previously on the podcast, especially in discussing Peter Jackson. Because we were talking about, I mean, a lot of the films we discuss here are, are relatively low budget. You know, there aren't yes. there aren't too many. Well, once again, with the exception of the Room, which we're going to be talking about, not too many movies that were made for a substantial amount of money. And and it's always because of that, it's kind of hard to measure box office for these. So Plan Nine is a one another one of these films that kind of upon its release was just viewed as a not so great movie, but never really not never obviously it eventually picked up, but at the time wasn't viewed as this kind of you know cult-like thing it just kind of flew under the radar for years right yeah it was made for uh from the research i I did i found estimated sixty thousand dollars was the budget for the film but as we discussed uh prior to recording it's kind of hard to track the gross of a movie like this because uh it starts out you know in such an odd way where people don't really see it and it's on a double bill with other films like in a similar vein um and then it starts to gain a popularity and, and starts to make some money that way. I'm sure it's much more than made its money back at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting um, the the lore behind this film is, is really what's most interesting about it. Um, and if you've ever, uh, 
I would recommend anyone go out there and watch the movie Ed Wood by Tim Burton. It's it's really it's really a good great film and it, it actually goes into a lot of what you know behind the scenes of what was going on when he was making this movie and there's lots of very interesting things going on such as uh you know this film was partly funded by a baptist church oh, um, i didn't know that funny yeah and, and several members uh, of the cast are actually from the church um and actually uh people involved with the production of plan nine they allowed themselves to be baptized <laughs> <laughs> So that the movie could get made. So it's, it's funny, like the sacrifices they made, you know, it was lots of stuff like that going on, um, you know, because it was just a ragtag group of people, pretty much. And that's what the movie Ed Wood shows you, um, you know, like the rogues gallery that, uh, that basically that Wood surrounded himself with, with stock players uh, like Paul Marco, who's in this film. There's a wrestler, Tor Johnson, of course. And and of course, Bella Lugosi, um, who we talked about a little bit. And I think the most interesting thing. Uh, about the behind the scenes of, of this film is the fact that Bela Lugosi was in fact dead mm-hmm. at the time that <laughs> that the you know a majority of this film was was actually filmed and uh, when it came out obviously um, so they basically the, the way they worked around that little detail was that Ed Wood um, he was you know he, him and Bela Lugosi they had a, a very close friendship towards the end of, of Bela's life um, they had worked together. Uh, Bela Lugosi's actually in Glen or Glenda. Um, he's in Bride of the Monster. Um, so they, they had a working relationship together. And Edward was a big fan of his, you know, from the early days with Dracula and all that. Um, so Edward was, you know, shooting some footage with Bella prior to Plan 9 even getting underway uh, when this film was still called Grave Robbers from Outer Space which the Baptists made them change. <laughs> did, did you know, um, were you able to find a reason as to why they changed that? I was curious. I, I, well, I saw a few theories, but yeah. Yeah, there's different theories, but I, I mean, one of the main theories, and it seems to make the most sense to me, is that since Baptists were involved, some you know, the words grave robbers didn't really sit well with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it might have been changed just for sensationalist yeah. reasons. You know, it sounds more like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I'm curious I'm curious to get on a little bit of a tangent here if that maybe has something to do with the cult status, as strange as that is. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like because might, yeah. Plan 9 from Outer Space gives it something that makes it sound like not necessarily it would be a bigger film ideologically than Grave Robbers mm-hmm. from Outer Space, but it gives it a little less of that kind of pulpy feel. It makes it yeah. sound like it should be more of a substantial sci-fi kind of thing. And then when people went in and they saw this Grave Robber, like this very strange, bizarre Grave Robber movie, I think that maybe in a way had something to do with the, the reception that it's received all these years later. I think you may be onto something there. I think the titles of these kinds of films, they do, they have an influence for sure. Um, and this film, you know, as I mentioned, uh, there's lots going on behind the scenes. So, you know, Bela Lugosi, he, he, Edward was shooting this footage with him, and he didn't even know what movie he was going to put it in at the time. He had lots of projects in development, and then Bela Lugosi died, and he started to make Grave Robbers from Outer Space. And he figured, <laughs> hey, let me put my friend Bella in there. You know, it's, it's sort of a send-off to Bella, but let's face it. It, it got some people into the theaters <laughs> and it got yeah. people it, like we said, it, it got the movie made in a way, you know, people were, Oh, this is Bela Lugosi's last film. Uh, of course I want to be involved with this movie. Yeah. So I'm sure Edward owes, owes a great, uh, great debt to Bella for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of interesting too. The, the fact that he used the footage of Bela Lugosi pos- posthumously. Um, he used was- the footage and he also, 
uh, recast the part with his wife's chiropractor. Wife's Tom chiropractor, Mason. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that's he kind of acts as like the stand-in for Bill Lugosi in the movie, and you can see him putting his cape up over, you know, covering his face as he's walking around, lurking around, and um, it's it's that you know, and that's something that if you're watching the film, you might not know that unless you mm-hmm. you know had seen Ed Wood or knew behind the scenes a little bit. Um, but obviously he's like taller than Lugosi and he really looks like him. Nothing, you know, nothing like him at all in real life. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Interesting. In, an interesting thing I learned though, um, in terms of this, because obviously one thing this movie is known for is continuity errors. You know, I mean, basically everything, you know, film school 101, if you can think of something to tell you not to do, it probably happens in this movie. Um, one, one interesting thing I did learn though, is you, you see a lot of like, uh, boom mics in this and, and shadows and all that. Uh, but a fun fact I learned is actually that was not a mistake per se because the movie was originally supposed to be shot for widescreen. So Ed Wood, in his in his filming of this, um, had planned on that part of the frame being cropped out, and it just ne- it just never happened, which is kind of, kind of a director's worst nightmare. I think mm-hmm. is you know you're you're expecting right. these frames to be different, but you know yeah. I think it adds to the charm. <laughs> Exactly. And so I guess Ed Wood was not quite as inept as people say he was. Uh, he still wasn't very much inept, but um, some of those mistakes, yeah, like you mentioned, the, the boom mics and stuff, some of those um, he was accounting for uh, with the widescreen. But um, yeah, so I mean, this film, there's lots that you could say about it. I mean, just to give my own opinion of it, uh, I would say it's one of my beloved bad films. Um beloved films really because as we talked about it's not as i would say it's as bad as people say in a way mm-hmm. i mean it's it there are things about it that are charming and even thought-provoking like you know it ex- explores some interesting ideas within the framework of an outdated sci-fi monster movies which is mm-hmm. pretty much what it is yeah but, and, um, and well and some incredibly outdated ideas and yeah you know i mean it's ra- ramp the misogyny is, is rampant in this movie oh, and yeah. it's like a little over the top, but still, still interesting artifact to look back upon. Yeah, and I mean, even the fact that he was making a sci-fi monster movie <laughs> at mm-hmm. this point, or alien movie, whatever, uh, you know, I think it was pretty outdated by this point. Um, yeah, that's true. Fifty-nine, right, is when it came out. Fifty-nine, yeah. Yeah, but that's also, I mean, that's what Ed Wood was influenced by. That's the kind of movies that he loved. Um, so it does make sense that this would be his big uh, opus, you know, big epic film that he made. Um, but like I said, you know, it does explore some some interesting ideas. I, you know, like they talk about responsibility of destructive energy fear of atomic weapons they talk a little bit about government conspiracies um the possibilities of advanced extra extraterrestrial life i mean there's some interesting topics that come up from the film yeah and i think for me personally that's actually more so than the the you know the bad movie Mm -hmm. aspect and the funny parts like some of the ideas like for me it's interesting that there are so many ideas present in something that is kind of so poorly constructed it's um, ambitious. Yeah. yeah, because it doesn't seem like someone like it doesn't it doesn't seem like a a not intelligent person made this movie. It just seems like someone who's a smart person but didn't necessarily know how to make a movie made this movie. Someone who's overreaching, perhaps. A bit. Yeah, because yeah, because because there are some ideas. That's what gives it its charm, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that it is so ambitious and verbose, and yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a bold film. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, and you, I feel like it's one of those things where you have to, as funny as it is, I think you have to step back for a second and say, well, you know, they really went out on a, on a limb with this one, which which a yeah. lot of these films that are, are over time considered to be the worst films of all time, 
You know, you, we can laugh at them, but I'd rather see a film personally that goes out on a limb and really tries to do something wild and yeah. different than, you know, the millionth, you know, biopic that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a story of some musician who has a drug habit and then gets over it. And, you know, it's like, it's interesting seeing this kind of, this kind of uh, dangerous, wild filmmaking. It's endearing. I mean, that's, that's you mm-hmm. know, what I think about it. But um, did, were there any moments or scenes that stood out to you, Jeremy? Uh. Yeah, so so I I mean I, I I don't know if I can pick a specific moment. I mean, one I'm thinking of is when um, the one of the the kind of zombie creatures, for lack of a better better term, is going after the officer and they're firing at him. The officer is kind of firing his gun into his gut multiple times, and then all of a sudden the the zombie creature just kind of drops, and they they cut to him again and they pull a blanket off of him, which or a blanket or a coat, which oh, right, yeah. and he was all of a sudden just bones. Um, <laughs> yeah. With the musical sting coming in, yeah. Yeah, but and, but there were other moments, too, where it was like something really drastic would happen, and then all of a sudden they would just be over it. Like, like nothing, yeah. you know, like the reaction seemed very small to how yeah. severe what, the, what they were witnessing was, yeah. was happening. So those, those moments were kind of my favorite, I think. Some of the lines of dialogue are just, they just get me, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, there, there's that famous, the very famous scene where um, the one of the head aliens is... Is, says to the the human who's trying to stop the whole operation. He goes, "You see, you see, your stupid mind, stupid, stupid," <laughs> and and that's just one of those like iconic bad movie lines. Um, yeah, and so stuff like that is why I really enjoy this movie. And also Criswell, who opens opens Criswell. and closes closes the film, uh, a close friend, another close friend of Ed Wood's. Um, Although Criswell, I thought was pretty actually pretty excellent. <laughs> Griswold oh, yeah, was great. Yeah, him. like he he was good in a not necessarily funny yeah. or bad way. He was just he was it's just solid. Extremely dramatic. <laughs> yeah, extremely dramatic, but yeah, um, yeah. I love his opening, the intro to the to the film, which I'll actually uh, put a clip of in this episode. And he does a little bit of narration throughout, but I, I think he's great in it. Um, mm-hmm. Vampira, you know, obviously she's in the film as well. I feel like Edward only had maybe one or two shots of her lurking around that cemetery set, and then he just got a lot of mileage out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because every time they show her, it almost looks like the same shot, which is really funny. Yeah, no, probably just track it like a tracking shot, and then he was notorious for putting uh, reusing stock footage and things like that. Really, so yeah. I'm sure that wasn't past him. Um, Worked its way in. Another another sure. thing I actually I really love now that now that you're mentioning it that I really I thought was fun was kind of the the trees with the glowing ship behind it. Um, basically there was one spot where the ship had landed, but rather than, you know, just necessarily show, which is, which is a creative way to say, save budget. I I give him credit for that, but it was just like, there would be this glowing in the distance and people would just kind of (laughs) aimlessly walk, walk towards it. It was like just this. Or how about the uh, lights from the UFOs that they're knocking people down as they go by? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always cracks me up for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and another one too. There's, see, there's so many. See, this is what happens with this movie because I've just watched it recently, so a lot of the moments yeah. haven't really like stuck in my memory in the same way mm-hmm. that someone who's probably seen it, you know, ten times. But another another right. thing that I thought was funny, I don't remember the name of the device, but how the humans just invented a device that could translate any language in the universe into English like with, which is the funniest thing because it, there was nothing that ever said that they it, we were in some kind of advanced society or advanced technology yeah. so we're talking in 1959 basically a, a mm. standard recording machine they just decided yeah. <laughs> like like in that exact moment they just oh we happen to have this device right. here in this small town that 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess not small. It was Los Angeles, but you know, we just happen to have this right. device here that can can translate yeah. alien languages. When you start to think about the actual science aspect of yeah. the science fiction, it gets a little a little murky. Like, what's that one thing they always talk about? The solar benight towards the end. Oh um, yeah, the, the, the like bombs. gasoline, yeah. and it could somehow spill out and destroy the whole universe. He goes off on a whole rant yeah. on it, and I've listened to it multiple times, but I still can't understand no. what the concept even is. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that that you know. And I think you're right. I think as you watch it more more times and mm-hmm. think about it more, you do realize uh, different things about yeah. it. It's almost it's it's almost kind of a hard movie to talk about in that respect, though, because there's so many continuity errors and things that don't line up. Like I almost feel like I don't know the movie, but. Mm-hmm. It's not because I didn't watch it or didn't pay attention. It's just because it's confusing. <laughs> and, like, right. there's just so many, like, crazy, wild, moving pieces. So it's one of those things where I think in watching it, and I would highly recommend just because as any dedicated movie viewer, I think it's essential yeah. essential viewing. I mean, but it's, like, I, th- I think the experience of this one is maybe more mm-hmm. important than the, mm-hmm. you know, nuts and bolts. It's baffling. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's totally movie. Um, But if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, yeah, you should definitely check this movie out. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually in the public domain. Right. So yep. by all means, have a look when you get the chance because you, you will not regret it. And make a t-shirt out of it, whatever you want. It's public domain. Yeah, you do whatever know, you go want. Go to town. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one, yeah, this is very easy to find. I mean, I, it popped right up on YouTube for mm-hmm. me. So. And there are colorized um, versions as well out there if, if yes. you're so inclined, which might be uh, might be fun seeing how someone colorized a yeah, movie usually, like this. Usually I'm a purist with that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. um, I, I would be interested in checking that out because the movie is so campy, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it kind of makes sense to, to, to do colorize it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I would, I have to say about it. Do you, did you have anything else you wanted to add about plan nine? Uh, no, I think, I think we pretty much covered what I wanted to discuss here. So, okay. um, well, I did want to just have, a, I had a couple recommendations, obviously, the movie Ed Wood, as I mentioned, by Tim Burton. Um, I just want to talk about that very briefly because much of that film does concern Plan 9. Um, actually, it kind of leads up to and culminates with him filming Plan 9 and then the premiere of it. So um, Ed Wood is a somewhat idealized version of of who Ed Wood was, but I feel the movie does get the spirit of, of him right and what he was trying to do. Um, it has a great visual style, invokes and is true to the films of the period, at least the type that Ed Wood was making at the time. Um, and it's great film for film buffs and filmmakers. And yeah, like I said, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, check this movie out as well. Um, it's hard to watch this movie and not want to run out there and make your own Ed Wood style movie, you know, with the blind enthusiasm that he has. Um, it's just, it's infectious when you, when you watch it. Um, but regardless of what had been said about the man, you know, he certainly did it his way. And this movie uh, pays tribute to that. A true original. And, he was a true original for sure, uh, for better or worse. And uh, so there's also, uh, so Ed Wood is, is definitely something I would check out. There's also a documentary. There's many documentaries on Ed Wood, but there's one called um, Flying Saucers Over Hollywood, The Plan 9 Companion. And that's from 1991. And I believe that's actually on the DVD or with the set of DVDs um, of Plan 9. I have the box set and that's that's part of it there. Um, and also, um, I know Jeremy and I are both big fans of You Must Remember This, the podcast. Um, and they did one recently on Bell Lugosi. They talk about Ed Wood and Plan 9 a little bit in that as well. And I definitely would recommend that series, as I'm sure you would as well, Jeremy. Absolutely. A favorite of mine, for sure. Very in-depth, uh, well, well thought out, well-researched series. Yeah. So, 
Um, I guess that would be it for Plan 9. Check this movie out for sure. And you can check us out on iTunes, Instagram, and Facebook. And join us next time where we will continue this current series, So Bad It's Good, with Part 2, where we'll be talking about Troll 2. Troll 2. And then after that, we have Part 3 coming up, which will kind of be the big finale with The Room. (laughs) Yes, The Room. Can't wait for that one. Um, Well, this has been Cult Movie Cult, and we will see you next time from the other side.